All right. Welcome back to part two of Prayer Challenge. We began this series last week, so all the Sundays in May were on this series. This is part two of Prayer Challenge. If you were not here last week, we handed this uh, packet out last week. Actually, we didn't hand it out. I wanted to make it harder than that. I challenge you. I wanted to see if you accepted the challenge. Did you know that 355 of you walked across the hall, battled the log jam there, and got a packet? I really appreciate that. Made my day to find out 355 of you grabbed one. Now, be make my day even more if I knew, and I, maybe I won't know, that you used them all week long. Because last week we talked about praying regularly is part of how it works. Um, it's not just any habit of prayer. You know, some diet programs work and some diet programs don't work. Some exercise programs work and some exercise programs don't work. Some investments work, some investments don't work, and some Prayer patterns in your life work and some don't work. And so we've started this process of figuring out what kind of prayer pattern really is powerful. So I'm hoping that you not only picked up the package, but you started to use it regularly. Here's the description of our whole series. It's not that praying the right words is what it's all about. Let me read that correctly. It's not praying the right words that makes prayer work, but learning how to pray in such a way that we connect with and align ourselves in God's life, kingdom, and authority. I shared last week that from my perspective, I'm more comfortable, or at least for years and years and years, I'm more comfortable with the idea that prayer is simply talking to God from our heart, spontaneously, and in the moment that he's really there, he's really listening, but my prayer habit, my prayer pattern was starting to slide into a kind of a rut where I wasn't really connected, wasn't really aligning, and I'm learning about that. And so it's out of my learning for the last five minutes that I decided, this is so powerful. I want you to learn some of this aligning and connecting and how to have a more powerful prayer habit in your life as well. In addition to a paper version, I mentioned last week, there's a digital version on Facebook as well as on our website that you can grab a hold of if you want to modify the digital version like I've done, modifying it more and more as I go and adding names of my family and so on and so forth in the appropriate places. Uh, it's been a very helpful tool. Today's topic in Prayer Challenge is that boring title that doesn't say much yet. It's just pray. Now, you need to understand there are four parts. Last week was get ready. This week is pray. But there's a subtitle, how things work. Pray, how things work. So get ready, pray. Next week is listen. There's two sides to a conversation. Pray, listen, and then last week together is repeat. Get ready, pray, listen, repeat. Get ready, pray, listen, repeat. There's a rhythm to spiritual life. There's a rhythm to physical life. We breathe in, we breathe out. Our heart beats. There's a rhythm to spiritual life. And so we're trying to learn the rhythm of life and put that into practice together. Our focus for today. When it comes to prayer power, connection is what makes it work. We, can, we know this intuitively. I don't even have to read scripture verses and tell you this. We are going to read scripture verses, and we're going to let this thought just bury itself deeply into our hearts. But we kind of know this already. We buy a new computer. We set it all up. If it's not working, we're going to double-check the connection. Did I plug it into a power source that actually has power? What's going on here? Did I tri trip the surge protection unit? Why is this not turning on? 
We get the power up, and if you can't get online, you're going, whoa, whoa, what's going on here? Is, is, do I not have my Wi-Fi set up just right? I'm not connecting with my Wi-Fi. you got to figure out what the connection is missing to make it work. You might get the Wi-Fi checked out. It's connected, and something else is not connected. And, and then you're going, oh, maybe it's the Internet connection. you got to get the Internet connection solved before it's all up and running. When it comes to prayer power, connection is what makes it work. Now, before we continue on, we all assume every time we pray, we have the alignment, we have the connection, that's why we're praying. A lot of people are like me. They're in their own habit of prayer and something is not aligned or connected just right, and so we're not experiencing the kind of power that Jesus described. If you're ready to start filling in some blanks and you love to fill in the blanks, then this is your time. If you're not into a pencil, you're not into writing stuff down, this is also your time. Listen very carefully. Point number one is this. Prayer is a power tool that needs the right connection. I brought one of my favorite power tools up here, a Makita 18-volt lithium-ion-empowered drill. I was introduced to this for the first time at our old building, which is the church building on the corner of Zaleski and 89A. We sold that to the Vineyard Church. That building years ago, the trusses failed. They started to split apart, and the walls were starting to splay outward, and that was about 2007, and we had to get an engineer's fix on it. And when the entire... um, construction crew was working out this engineer's fix, um, they all had the, and this is the first time I'd seen them, they all had these Makita 18-volt battery-operated drills, and they were just slamming hundreds of screws into the engineer's fix for all of these trusses. It's like, they would, it's like, it's amazing how long this power drill was working, how powerful it was. And I've since bought one, it already looks old. And um, I have to be careful if I use too big of a bit that's not sharp and I'm putting it in, it's got enough power to torque my wrist. It's like, whoa, it's really a cool thing. The thing that I noticed about them, though, they wanted to keep going and going and going. So they'd run out, it started to start to slow, slow down, slow down. It's not going, okay, it's time to recharge. Take their battery out. They slam it in the charger. And starts charging. But they're, they're not going to wait. They had a spare. And they pull their spare battery out. And they slam it in. And they keep going. This is where the analogy breaks down. You and I, we only have one soul. And our soul needs to be continuously charged up to live a life of power. We don't have the option of a spare soul. And we have to nurture and care for and charge up with regularity this power connection. I want to tell you a little bit about Jesus and give you some background. Jesus came from heaven to earth and came in humility and in a very silent, unobservable way established his kingdom of light in the middle of a rebel world that was inundated as a kingdom of darkness. Jesus' kingdom of light, although not recognized by the world, not seen by the world, operated in such a way with great power and 
eyes would be open, hearts would be open, and one by one, people would come into alignment with his kingdom and power. And it was completely different than the world's power. The world's power was seductive. People wanted to climb up the, the raw steps of power, and sometimes it's climbing on the heads of others and lording it over those that you have asserting your power over. That's the world's power. And Jesus came and established a whole new way. In his way of establishing a kingdom, he said you have to lay your life down. You have to die to live. You have to connect with me. You have to learn how to yield and surrender. And there is power. When his disciples learned it and got it, they were told even after his resurrection, now you need to wait for it because I'm going to empower you with a power you've never experienced before. And here's the commission. You are going to be the ones that carry this kingdom power forward in alignment with me to rescue the world, rescue families, rescue people with a power that comes from another source. Now that is what we're talking about in Prayer Challenge. In the wording in the last few pages where the daily prayer is written out, I've been praying this for five months now, and for the first few times around, I mean, it was moving to me, but five months later, some of the phrases are hitting me like, oh my, how come I never got this before? How come I never understood this before? Because there is an alignment and a connection and a union with power in such a way that it's not just about believing in Jesus and having my sins forgiven and being able to go to heaven. No, there's a daily power source and a recharging of that power in a daily living out the grace and alignment with the kingdom of God. So if that is at all interesting to you, You need to do something. You can't just listen and go, oh, that's interesting, okay? And you can't just go across the hall and pick it up and go, read it once. That was a nice prayer. You have to begin to charge, recharge, fill up, connect, align. And over the course of regularity, it starts to seep in and change your thinking, not only about the kingdom, not only about Jesus, but about yourself, and who you are in alignment with Jesus. And I want to help in that process to help us understand something far bigger, far grander than merely having our sins forgiven so that we can go to heaven. Although that's pretty grand. I will give you that. Here's one place that I did quote pieces of the prayer and interacted with it, but I want to go to the scripture in John chapter 17. Jesus prayed, uh, it's often called the high priestly prayer, and in this prayer, he blows your mind. I used to read this prayer and think that what he's praying for is unity among all the churches, and there's a truth to that, but that doesn't even touch the power. There's something that will cause the unity among all true believers who are walking in the kingdom, and that's what we're getting a hold of. It's deeper than merely unity and trying to get along. Here's his prayer. My prayer is not for them alone, that is the disciples. I pray also for those who will believe in me through their message. Hold on, hold on, time out. That's us. 
We only have the capacity to believe in Jesus through the message of the apostles, and that's how we've come to believe in him, and we evaluate history and evaluate what took place in history and took steps to believe in, trust in, walk with Jesus because of the message of the apostles. He prayed for us way back then. What did he pray? Here's what he prayed. That all of them may be one. Father, just as you are in me and I am in you, may they also be in us so that the world may believe that you have sent me. I have given them the glory that you gave me that they may be one as we are one. Okay, let's pause a second there. What is he talking about? He's talking about something just a supernatural. It's, it's wondrous. Here's God the Father, God the Son in a union where God the Son was now in a physical body like we are in a physical body. He is experiencing a union, a divine union, a merging together of oneness with the Father. And he's praying that you and I, who are believers in him, because of this message, will experience the same. This same powerful union. I have given them the glory that you give me that they may be one as we are one. I in them and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Father, I want those you have given me to be with me where I am and to see my glory, the glory you have given me because you loved me before the creation of the world. Righteous Father, though the world does not know you, I know you, and they know that you have sent me. I have made you known to them and will continue to make you known in order that the love you have for me may be in them. Now watch this. And that I myself may be in them. Paul, of course, explodes this thought throughout all of his letters when he talks about being in Christ and Christ in us. That's what we're talking about when we take our soul that's just worn down and we decide it's time to recharge and we unite again and receive Christ's power. We're filled up with the Spirit of God, filled up to a place where Life and love and peace and joy and gentleness and self-control can be filling us up because of our identity as new creatures united with Christ and having God filling us up. Pretty powerful stuff. In the packet, I reduced some of these concepts and some of these phrases and combined them in a prayer Here's a piece of that prayer. Thank you, Jesus, for giving us this glory. You and me and I and you. Your righteousness in me. Your spirit in me. Your love, favor, and power in me. What a glory. This glory of the gospel which fascinates even angels. I give you total claim to my life. 
Now, the whole thing about fascination that the angels have, Peter writes about it in his letter. He talks about how angels are looking at this thing and they're going, they're seeing all the skin bags here and they go, whoa, look at what God did with them. It's like there's glory in these skin bags. I mean, they seem so frail. They seem so piddly. They seem so nothing. They seem like they have no power, but look at what God is doing in them. Glory is filling them. They have power. There's wonder. There's beauty. Stories of his grace are going to just proliferate from this point forward. Even this morning, I prayed that new stories of God's grace would begin today and that we'd start telling these stories about what God is doing as we come together receiving Jesus inside and recharging in him. I don't know what it looks like for you when you start to feel like things are slowing down. Here's what we're tempted to do. We put this thing right into the screw and we go, we try to keep life going. We're trying to make sure that we can still do it, you know? It's like powerless, and we're just working, working, working. It's like, as we're doing it, it's like the, the chuck is even coming out, and the thing's like, ah, this is, life is so hard. Well, yeah, it's because we're not running with the power charged in our life, and that's the problem. Jesus talks about it this way. A couple chapters earlier, he said, I am the vine, you are the branches. If you remain in me and I in you, you will bear much fruit. Apart from me, you can do nothing. You will bear much fruit. There's the product of people catching your story and wanting to be a part, having that story catch them. There's that fruit. There's other kinds of fruit too where uh, it's called fruit of the spirit where we have love and joy and peace and patience. How are you doing in that fruit, by the way? Gentleness. On the face of my iPhone... I can tell when the charge is going down because it shows the, the battery is going down, 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 down. And so I need to recharge it. And when it's fully charged, you get, you get the fully charged face. What does it look like when you're starting to lose your charge? For me, it looks like quick, snappy defensiveness. The gentleness is gone. Short answers, anger, Quick responses. It might look like exhaustion. It might look like total stress. It might look like this. There's a sense in which when you're filled and charged, you can see on the face of your device a countenance change. And I'm not very good at that because I'm carrying so much load and I'm often doing this. Life is so hard. Instead of seeing how in the new identity and the new power and resting on who Jesus is and his sovereignty and what he's doing, just living with the joy. I was thinking about all these things and a car drove by and I knew the person in the car. They're from this church and they're in this room and I won't name them. Um, And this person, she didn't notice me and I noticed her and there's nobody in her car. And I just want to know, like, what is making you beam? (laughs) What is it about you? You're always beaming. It's like you're fully charged. Oh, that I could be fully charged like you're fully charged, where it just shows up in my countenance. It's like you're, you're doing it. Girl, good job. 
fully charged. That's where it's at. Now, Jesus talks about this connection. If you're not experiencing power and you're struggling with that fully chargedness, you know, we talk about checking your connection and there could be all these wires that we're all connected to and we're trying to figure out where am I connected to and what's going on and you start untangling the wires. I've actually had this happen before whereas you're digging through the source and trying to figure out what happened. The problem was this. This is how it was plugged in. It's like, oh, that doesn't work, right? This is a surge protector for those people who are going to listen to this on a podcast and not see the visual. It's a surge protection unit plugged into itself. This is a perfect visual of the self-centered life, right? The self-centered life, it's all about me. I'm living for me. I'm living in the power of me. I enjoy me. I love to do this for me and this for me, and this is all about me. But it is... What Jesus says, apart from me, Jesus, you can do nothing. Because this is a a loop that is not connected to his power source. It's just all self-looped. Self-looped life is a short-circuited life. Check your life to see if sin has short-circuited the power of your life. The power of your prayers. Are you so used to powerless prayers you think that's normal? If that's the case, look again, check to see if your life looks more like this than plugging in to the source. Point number two. Bring everything under the rule and reign of Jesus. Bring everything under the rule and reign of of Jesus. One little boy was always being taught by his dad, and he wanted to make sure he did what was right, and so he asked an insightful question. He says, Dad, how do I know what is right and what is wrong all the time? How do I know that this is wrong and this is right and what to choose and what not to choose? How do I know right and wrong? His dad just boiled it all down to this. Son, if you're ever doing anything And if you knew that I was standing in front of you watching you do it, and that makes you feel uncomfortable, you're probably doing something wrong. But if you knew that I'm watching, and you knew that while I'm watching, I'm proud of you, then what you're doing is right. We are living life with God. He sees everything all the time. How do you know what is right and what is wrong? It's that which makes God proud that's right. That which makes God, well, and us, uncomfortable knowing he sees that's wrong. Paul put it in his theological terms for his cultural understanding, and we just need to understand what he's saying. In Romans chapter 12, he says, therefore I urge you, brothers and sisters, in view of God's mercy. Now he's in chapter 12 of this long letter to the church in Rome. And he's saying, in view of the mercy that I just described in all these chapters previous, here's what you need to do. Now because of what God has done for you, because of how he's lived for you and given you life, now you offer yourself. There's the yieldedness, the surrender. Now you offer yourself, your bodies, your very bodies. See, we don't disdain our body and think the spiritual life is just a spiritual thing. No, our very bodies are to be offered as living sacrifices. Now in their culture, they understood dead sacrifices, 
In the Jewish system, you offer up animals as a dead sacrifice. Uh, it's a whole picture of they get what we deserve in the temple system, but Jesus took that all away because he got what we deserved once and for all and took it all away. Now we offer ourselves as living sacrifices with the resurrection life inside of us. We offer ourselves now and we're part of continuing his movement with power. And this is holy and pleasing to God. This is your true and proper worship. Bring everything under the alignment and the reign of the king. He said it a different way in Romans 6, and he gets real specific. In Romans 6, we read, Therefore do not let sin reign in your mortal body, so that you obey its evil desires. One of the reasons he's saying this is it's short-circuiting the power. When sin reigns in your body, it looks like this, short-circuiting the power. Do not offer any part of yourself to sin as an instrument of wickedness, but rather offer yourselves to God as those who have been bought from death to life and offer every part of yourself. Okay, so, so it might be good as an exercise. God, I offer you my eyes. I want to make sure that whatever I see and whatever I place my eyes in front of and watch is honoring to you. I offer you my hands, and what it is that I'm doing gives you glory and honor. Go through your body. It includes your sexual organs. I offer you my whole being, pure and holy to you. You've designed things. I want to honor you with my whole being. I offer you myself and offer every part of yourself to him as an instrument of righteousness. Another way to say that is as a power tool. Until you offer yourself as a power tool that he can use for somebody else next to you, you're living life unto yourself. Come under his kingdom and for him and for his kingdom, and it's a beautiful place to live. Powerful place to live. John Eldridge, I quoted him about him, told you about him last week a little bit. The blessings of the kingdom of God cannot flow until we first bring things under the rule and jurisdiction of Jesus Christ. Quote from John Eldridge, Moving Mountains, page 97. The blessings of the kingdom of God cannot flow until we first bring things under the rule and jurisdiction of Jesus Christ. Point number three. Pray. Plug in. Recharge. Now, I don't know if you've noticed, but I haven't told you anything new from the beginning of the message. At the beginning of the message, it says, it's all about connection. And then as we get going, it's all about connection. It's all about being one with Christ. It's about aligning and connecting. And now I'm saying, it's all about connecting. It's all about plugging in. It's all about realigning. But my point is, it's not all about sitting here listening and go, that, that was nice. You have to decide if this is going to change your life or not. I cannot change your life. Only the Holy Spirit can as you decide. I'm going to take up this prayer challenge. I'm going to begin to implement some of this regularity. I want to find this alignment, this plugging in, this recharging. I want to experience this in a greater way. If you will Take us up on this challenge. I believe you will have a life that's revolutionized 
recharged, empowered, and you'll begin to see and experience things like you've never seen and experienced before because now you're entering into the mainstream of the kingdom of God, a movement that God is moving, and you're a part of it. I can't wait to hear from you about these stories of grace. We're going to finish with this prayer. And on the screen, I want you to read it silently first. If it kind of resonates with you and you'd like to pray it out loud, I want you to do that. If you're resisting, don't worry. Don't, don't pray the prayer. But let me just say this. If you're not sure where you are with God, whether you even believe in God, you can pray a prayer like this to see if he's real. Because like in any relationship, when you start to talk to this person, you begin to either trust them or not. You can't make yourself trust somebody until you get to know them. And so praying something like this is to see if he's real, to see if I can trust him more, to see if this thing that they're talking about is what we're describing. And then if you want to experience more and see if it's real some more, grab the prayer challenge and begin to implement it. I've been talking, so you have a hard time reading. Let's stand together. If you're ready to pray this prayer, do more than read it. Pray it, and let's do it out loud together. Here we go. My dear Lord Jesus, you prayed that I might have the full measure of your joy within me. Yes, Lord, I agree with your prayer and ask for the full measure of your joy within me. I love you and worship you. I give myself over to you to be one with you in all things. I want to honor you with my life. Thank you for giving me this powerful connection in your powerful name and authority. In the victorious name of Jesus, amen.